0: Tyler, run again, and. Uh, today, we're kind of talking about personalization and talking about uh, how to get your money back when it comes to your ad dollars. Tyler is currently the vice president of retail over at Upside, but he has uh, held positions within the, uh, uh, that digital space for quite some time. He's done with uh, done work with Instacart and Groupon and Open Door and pretty much all the stuff that we use uh, at, at the end of the day. Um, he also played uh, Dumont Soccer College, which I'm very excited about, so uh, we might get get into that a little bit which is cool but um first things first tyler thank you for coming on the uh our little podcast here and uh do you have any questions to start out with or can we just kind of get into it
1: yeah thank yeah. you i'm um, really happy to be here i uh, appreciate you taking the time looking forward to, to getting into it so let's let's get started Perfect, perfect. So, uh, like I said, we're talking about
0: uh, getting your be- getting the best money out of personalization. Get the money out of that. What is the difference between ROAS and ROI? Ooh what are some like common pitfalls that retailers make when they're trying to trying to use these two different uh, metrics when they're trying to, because I mean, with all the different things going into, uh, into advertising, it's, it's like, it's not the left hand, knowing what the right hand doing. It's literally an octopus and you it's seven or eight different, uh, different legs knowing what, what each other are doing. And so how do
1: you avoid all that? Yeah, I think it's really what it comes down to is the visibility into the data. So if, if you're, if you're measuring the return on ad spend, what you're trying to do is justify the transactions that are coming into your store because you had to spend that money up front. So typical advertising, it's capital outlay. It is, I'm going to spend these dollars, and then I'm going to measure to the best of my ability the return on those spent dollars. And oftentimes, retailers are looking at transactions. Um, right. It's really, really hard though, to know whether or not those are transactions you were gonna get anyways. And it's really hard to know whether or not those are incremental transactions or incremental sales, let alone incremental profit. So the common pitfalls are uh, looking at that and saying, we're the best marketers ever, because it's imperfect data. You you lack the insight into the steps all the way to the profit line.
0: Okay, and so the the ancient adage within retail that sales cure all really doesn't apply to this. Sometimes it's it's sales are great and everything else like that, but you've got to know what's driving those behind that. And it's the it's the actual person, it's that personalization
1: behind it, right? That's exactly right. Perfect segue. So oftentimes, um, if you're if you think that your program is highly efficient as measured by ROAS, well, it's likely true you're overpaying. Because you're getting somebody to do something that they were going to do anyways. And then how do you actually know to get into that level of details? You start to get into segmentation and you really starts to get value when you get into personalization.
0: Right. So, I mean, we overpay for everything anyway, nowadays. so it doesn't, yeah. uh, you, there's no reason to overpay for that kind of stuff. Um, so when it comes to personalization, like I've talked to a lot of people about like, collecting data and how to use that and how to, how to make sure that uh, make sure that the data is anonymous and, uh, but yet personal somehow, what, uh, when, when you're collecting that personalization, like how is it different than just like customer supplementation or like specific targeting? How, how, how would you, how would you approach it? We'll put it that
1: way. Yeah. I, I think, it, I mean, take it way back to a billboard, right? <laughs> that's that's, <laughs> that's the right people are driving by to see your advertisements to then come into your store. Um, and then if you start to move into digital segmentation and personalization, you're starting to think about, okay, well, what information do I have available about this group of people in hopes of getting them to do something? And in in a pure online world, it's relatively straightforward to capture a lot of signal, what they're clicking on the pages that they're looking, how long they're on those pages. And absolutely, then absolutely everything that goes on. Yes. <laughs> I mean more more than I think we would like to admit. <laughs> and um and, and then getting them to take action online. Um, when you think about taking a digital experience and then getting somebody to do something in the real world, well the first thing you want to do is to figure out okay what are the types of people that I want to come into my store and those are segmentations. Those are characteristics like age location, income. And it's relatively straightforward to start to target at the segmentation level. Again, there's likely overpayment occurring because if you're not talking about me, who is the father of five, uh, very different than double income, no kids, but we are the same age group. Well, my grocery needs are very different than double can Very, very, different. Yes. yes. I only have two kiddos, and it's rough sometimes. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, wow. That's and so, and so, like you talked about. Yeah, uh, you talked about bringing that personalization in, bringing it down to actually the personal level, and, and breaking it down a little bit. Um, how are you seeing, like, like what metric does that move if you if you actually if you break it down to that to that granular?
1: How how do you see that? Yeah, so I, I think what's unique about um, about Upside in particular is the way that Upside started was digitally influencing customer behavior through our app. Customer opens up the app and they could see cash back offers at their nearby gas stations, grocery stores, or restaurants, and actually changing their behavior in the real world. So like, literally... Real world, real time. Real world, real time. It's the connection wow. of the digital experience... And changing real life behavior, getting them into the brick and mortar locations that we support. And if you think about it, if you're driving down the road, well, don't look at the phone while you're driving, please. <laughs> if, you, if you looked at the oh, phone. phone do that. That's yes. yes. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> but that's not us. Um, and if you see an offer for a grocery store, that's maybe half a mile farther than you typically go but you've heard of it and you've just never decided to go there before. Um, And you typically turn right into your local grocery store, but because of this cashback offer, you're now going to claim it, go into that grocery store. Maybe you even have to turn left across the intersection to get there and you're going to earn cash back on your grocery spend. So I'm talking about the experience of influencing somebody digitally, changing their real world behavior The output metric that's the most important metric at the end of the day is profit. Yes, you wanna grow your sales. You wanna grow them profitably. And when you're able to measure that at the very, very detailed level, at the one-to-one level, how much was I expected to spend? How much am I going to spend now because of upside and you can attribute it to upside? That's the output metric that we're after which is that incremental profit.
0: OK, so like I know, I know people that drive across town for three cents worth a gallon ga- off of gas, you know, and so changing that behavior uh, might seem a little bit, a little bit uh, straightforward. But how would you encourage a like a repeat customer for that? Because, I mean, repeat
1: customers, the only kind of customer you want, you know, exactly. Yeah. First, first you got to get them into the door. Then, right. then you got to get them coming back. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's, again, where um, understanding what their behavior is as defined by the dollars they spend. That's the loudest vote. So I, I can fill out a survey and tell you all of my preferences all day long <laughs> and be like, well, it looks like you like Waterloo. So we're going to offer you this flavor. Like right. Cute. I, I, I think that's important to do. That's straightforward. Yeah. Exactly. At the end of the day, did I spend more dollars than I was expected to spend? And I think understanding a customer's behavior through the dollars they're spending allows that personalization to continually occur dynamically. Every single time you engage, you should see something that is specific to you at that point of time, where you are, what you've done in the past, and 12 other characteristics can (laughs) get pulled in to figure out what is it going to take right then to change your behavior in a way that we want you to behave.
0: Understandable. So I'm I am not an ad man by trade. I am a I'm a retailer. I'm an inventory guy. I'm loss prevention, and that kind of thing. So yeah. Uh, so what's kind of on the edge? What's a, what's an emerging trend to per se in the ad space that that maybe upsides using maybe some other companies using that you're seeing that really you thinks going to make a difference?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot going on right now. There's a lot about um, earning cash back through consumer packaged goods offers. Um, there's, there's the ever going challenge to figure out how do I run a retail location profitably across in-store, curbside pickup, delivery, maybe direct to consumer. Uh, so there's, there's a lot going on right now. And I think one of the things that's unique about Upside is that we're doing personalization at the one-to-one level. So we are changing customer behavior in the real world through this one-to-one incentive. The other thing that's unique though, that I don't see enough of, and this is tying it back to the beginning when calculating return on ad spend versus return on investment, is we are only working with retailers to drive incremental sales within their margin profile to drive incremental profit. Only when a customer earns cash back and that spend is incremental to that retailer's bottom line, which is a win-win, do we win as well? And so I think coupling the personalization with the ability to measure that and then only have a performance-based model where there is no cash outlay, there is no upfront investment. I don't have to spend $12,000 and hope that the results in the transactions are gonna come. I don't have to spend anything. And only after the results and the transactions and the incremental sales and incremental profit come, do we all share in the spoils? Do we all share in the upside? So you mentioned
0: personalization and like, what role does that play in like improving those metrics? What metrics does that actually improve? Any best practices, anything like that?
1: Yeah. I I think it's important to think about it this way. Um, When you can determine what information you have about each individual that can get them to change their behavior in the real world, that's the, that's the ultimate goal. So if you think about okay. uh, what they've purchased in the past, where they are in relation to the store right now, um, you know, what, what, even, even, even that, that level of data, okay. Even that level of data, yeah. And, and when you can actually influence their behavior through an app digitally to make them change what they were going to do in the real world, maybe get them to turn left into the the store over there. And so they turn right, which is much easier and much more convenient. I mean, people are willing to do anything (laughs) they can to improve their financial power right now in these these crazy times. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, And, and so ultimately the most efficient way is to know exactly what you have to offer to each individual to get them to change their behavior and the metric the metric that we're focused on at the end of the day is the profit is the bottom line money that's flowing into their cash registers that's flowing in in a in a, in a profitable way and we can get all fancy with all the jargon if we'd like but ultimately at the end of the day that's that's what matters most for right and so you're
0: looking, you're looking to improve not only the number of customers to the door but the efficiency of that customer
1: That's exactly right. I mean, step one, get the customer in the door. Step one. And do it in a personalized way so you don't have to offer everybody 20% cash back. Maybe you only needed 2% cash back to get that person into the door. Mm -hmm. Next step how do you get them coming back? How do you get them to continue to come back and coupling the beautiful in-store experience that retailers create with this digital incentive that is dynamic and constantly changing and trying to be the most efficient as possible is what's going to be that sweet combo. Okay. Okay. So when you've got, you've got marketing
0: guys and you've got marketing uh, people and marketing Sorry. So you've got marketing people and finance people in the same room, and they're trying to shift strategies in order to measure these efforts more effectively. Because if you can't measure something, it doesn't happen. Right. And so when you've got marketing, you've got finance in the same room, how are you measuring these kind of things?
1: Yeah. And I think it ties nicely back to the, the opening of our conversation. Ultimately you can look at return on ad spend when you have imperfect data when you're trying to get a sense directionally, is this something that I want to continue to invest in? It all starts with asking the right questions. And when you break it down to return on investment, even return on investment from upside perspective is not accurate because there is no upfront investment. (laughs) You don't have to pay and hope that the results follow, but taking that and using the return as defined by net incremental profit. Okay. Drive some sales dollars, drive profitable sales dollars. And when you're looking around in that room, either you're going to build it yourself, but more realistically and more importantly, it's important to look at partners who specialize in doing this. These are retailers who are amazing at creating retail experiences. They don't need to be experts at personalization and measuring the effect of that personalization. Let's look for partners to help out with that.
0: Right. It's if you find yourself a, uh, the expert in everything, you're probably the expert in nothing. Yes, exactly. And so it's, it's always good to surround yourself with experts. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think we're about out of time. Uh, thank you very much for your time. Uh, if you guys have any questions in the world for Tyler, uh, we'll get all of his uh, information below and all of upside's information below so that uh, you can bring an expert into the room. And I uh, uh, thank you for joining us on retail corner and I'll see you guys next time.
1: Thanks for having me. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, please email us at podcast at retailcorner.live or visit our website, retailcorner.live. Looking forward to having you as our guest on our podcast. And thank you so much for listening.